Hey guys, Paul Capon from the innovation community here. Uh, today, we're here with Jennifer Ramey. Uh, she is the uh, a senior digital marketing leader working at ESPN in family relationship management, but she's got a, a wide array of experiences in digital and CRM at Disney, at Bridgestone, at Valvoline. So uh, we're very lucky to have her, her with us. Uh, Jennifer, thanks so much for joining us. Delighted! I can talk about data all day long, so let's let's dig in. And that's what we're here for. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself in a few words and, and about your your background? Yeah, you know, I I have kind of I think an unusual background for my generation. I started, I graduated college in '98, and a lot of my peers were going into what was the time called web marketing. <laughs> Things have changed a lot, um, and I was actually offered an opportunity to work for Ameritrade, which was the first online brokerage. Now it's TD Ameritrade. And they, they offered me a role on the web marketing team or the direct mail team, because this is also before it was called CRM and things like that. And I weirdly took the direct mail job and my peers and my colleagues in school were floored because, you know, the web was the future. And I thought, you know, it, it is, but I really like being grounded in data. And so like my inner data nerd had, like came out early and strong and it really set the tone for the rest of my career. And frankly, it gave me a great advantage because it was an online organization. I still have a, a lot of, wasn't called digital back then, but digital exposure and foundation building. But I'm, I had a chance in my career to be one of the few who seems to understand CRM really intimately and digital really intimately. And those are converging now as they should, by the way, over time. And it's really just opened up opportunities because I was, I just formed myself in a, in a space where a lot of my peers were kind of going in the website and never got grounded in data as much as I chose to. Great, and, and it, I, I can tell, and you actually mentioned at the start that you, you're very passionate about data. So what, what's, and, and digital, so what really interests you about working in this field currently? You know, I think the power for relevancy that data brings is the future of marketing. And frankly, I don't think that marketers and organizations have got relevancy nailed. It's, it's really kind of shameful to me as a CRM and digital practitioner for all these years and a, and a data lover, just how far away we are from making that really come to life. And I think when you do it well, you talk about transforming the consumer experience and that can lead to transforming the business. I mean, data is the, really the only thing that has the power to do that at scale and at a personal level. And I, I think that a lot of organizations think that they're on the track, but even like I find Netflix, for example, as held up as like this great leader of um, in a personalization and recommendations and AI, and they really are. But I'm still shocked at, frankly, how poor that experience is as a consumer. Like they don't always remind me of shows I clearly have interested in in the past. Um, some of the recommendations, I get they're experimenting, but some of them I still don't understand. And you know, they're, they're finding their way. But even the leaders in this space have not untapped and have been tapped totally into and unraveled relevancy. And I, I love data because it can bring all that to life if it's orchestrated correctly. Absolutely. And I think the, the, the Netflix example is one that, that everyone can relate to as well. Uh, you know, I outlined a bit about your career at the, at the start, but what are some of the major successes that you've achieved uh, throughout your career so far, in your opinion? You know, I think I, again, had a really kind of just lucky opportunity in terms of timing and the right place and the right background when I joined Bridgestone. And, and they were also 
unique in an organization and that so much of the consumer experience for the digital and CRM sat in marketing. And you just, as a marketer, don't often have a chance to really have the full spectrum of consumer experience kind of under your purview. And that opened up so many opportunities. And I was brought in to help uh, really kind of bring CRM and digital, which had previously separate directors into one unified team. And that alone was a great opportunity. But then I, as I discovered there, oh, that included the website, that included the app, that included the database, that included the, the underlying marketing analytics, as well as the CRM and activation and social media and paid search and organic search and all those kind of activation environments. And that's like a marketer's mecca if you're a data-driven person. Um, it was fascinating to kind of really dig into what does it take to connect all of that together so it can work together and not have to necessarily rely on a whole separate product team, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just easier to kind of see how it all fit together under one team. However, with that, it was also really challenging because I, I'm a marketer who can talk tech and data, but I'm a marketer, and pretty soon I realized I'm responsible for websites. Oh, okay, well, I need to learn more about this space. And so it was also, it just helped me learn about a lot of the underlying infrastructure that I don't think a lot of marketers have a chance to get their hands on. Long days, but a lot of great lessons learned. Absolutely. And you've touched on something that I think is, is really important in major organizations about uh, breaking down those silos. So, you know, having marketers and the digital team and the data uh, champions working together. Uh, in your experience, what are some of the, 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 big, the, the best practices and, and the common pitfalls in terms of, uh, you know, doing that? Oh, gosh. You know, one that I've seen play out in just so many different times. And it's, it's like the sweet, innocent problem that just creates so many challenges and that is just because you have the data doesn't mean you can use the data, not just for marketing activation, but also for analytics. Um, and that's just, and every organization just has a different flavor of that same challenge. And it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's let's just talk about it and let's create awareness. But I'm not always sure the data teams and the more technical teams understand that well, just because you have an email address, is it permissioned? Oh yeah, we got to go there and talk about permissioning, which is like really gritty, icky stuff, but if you don't understand that, you, you can't use your data, and that's getting more and more of a responsibility with GDPR, et cetera. So, you know, just because you have that data doesn't mean you can use it. And then um, for marketing, for example, and then also like, well, is there a summary view of that data so I can put reporting engines on top of it? And so it doesn't have to churn through 9,000 lines of code to spit out a result that has been kind of served up to it. Um, it that's, I think, one of those lessons that organizations keep, I think, learning harder than they need to and just spending time really having conversation about how can I get it in an environment that's usable. And usability has to be the uh, threshold that something's held to in terms of do we have data. Um, and I, that traditionally has not usually the way it's success is defined. Just having the data can sometimes count as success, but there's a whole other story that needs to be worked through with the data usually. Yeah, so can you tell us about a time that you affected change in a major organization? Hmm. <laughs> I, I think, uh, again, I'll go back to my Bridgestone example, just because there's, there's so kind of end-to-end -end opportunities to impact change. Um, one of them was just launching a whole new lifecycle marketing program and strategy and really starting to think about how do you reach out to the consumer who in that industry, it's a very different transaction where you, if the car doesn't need an oil change, talking to you about an oil change when you don't need one is not a really relevant marketing experience and, and it is a wasted marketing effort and potentially wasted money if you spent money on it. And so really starting to bring into um, into the business model like this 
vehicle level denomination and how marketing happened. Because oftentimes, as much as you're marketing the consumer, they have multiple vehicles, things like that. So you got to understand like who you're, where the lowest common denominator really is. Um, and then launching all kinds of welcome, win back, you know, cross sell. And a lot of that hadn't been done because we didn't have the data environment to support it. So I'm really proud of that. I'm also really proud of our search engine marketing um, enhancements and so many other things there. But from a data standpoint, I think that's one of the most shining examples of when you can get the data built right, you can build this whole entire customer continuum of communications that's relevant to them. And it can really change a business in terms of driving incremental business back that wasn't coming because they just they didn't know when they needed to or why they needed to. Hmm. Uh, and on that note, what effects do you think that technology will have over the next few years on, on both, both data and, and marketing? You know, I think there's so much promise for AI and I, I kind of hesitate to use that because it sounds potentially like it's become such a buzzword, but it, justifiably so. That being said, I, I think that organizations and in particular leaders, especially senior leaders, they hear AI and they think, yeah, let's do that. Um, however, what they may not realize is that the underlying state of their data may not allow AI to do its work properly. And, and this is where sometimes I feel like the bucket of cold water in, in, a, in a meeting or in, a, in an organization. It's like, again, you don't, just because you have the data doesn't mean it's ready to go. Um, and if it's unstructured and undisciplined, you can only expect AI to kind of clean up so much of your mess. I'll, I'll use a quick example. Um, for example, like what is a brake job for a vehicle when somebody was at, at Bridgestone? You know, my reference of 9,000 lines of code, that's how much data we had to crank together to determine did a brake job happen or not because there's all these different parts and configurations and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not sure AI can solve that problem for you, but when, when you can get the data in place and AI can sit on top of something really clean and organized, you talk about relevancy at scale at a personal level I do bet on AI for that, but I do want to caution that it comes with an organizational response, not organizational, but an organization of data responsibility that organ that companies still, they got to wrestle with that. But if they can, the winner takes the spoils in that one. I think there's just so much opportunity to get it right and to be the leading edge of relevancy in whatever your industry is. Mm. And, and I think to the, the technology piece that's going to, like you said, make or break. Uh, from a people perspective, how are you, do you engage and, and communicate with leadership on this? Uh, have they usually been receptive in the past or, or less so? You know, it's a really, it's a spectrum and not even just across organizations, but depending on the topic. Like some organizations I work for are very CRM focused um, and, and to the point that maybe for a while they were myopic about CRM and they weren't really advanced in the digital space. And then other organizations are really digitally focused, but not necessarily as interested in kind of old fashioned CRM. And so I, I think every organization you have to kind of assess where are they in their journey, what is important to them, what matters to them. And, and you just gotta be willing to retool your story. And I, I'm, I'm frankly still learning those lessons every day. It's never, it's, it's never the same story you need to tell at any one organization. And so when, when talking with leadership, I ultimately try to bring it back to the customer data and CRM and digital allows you to really think about that customer and um, and to drive the business so what's what can I do with the customer what's their propensity and when is the business priority and how can I match that together that tend to be a great way to tell the story and um, I'm still learning lessons every day about how much of the technical stuff to bring in how much to put off to the side because it is such an underlying force to be reckoned with to make this work well but finding the right way and not the right ways <laughs> to talk about the, the behind the scenes side of it and, and really 
make sure that you get the right investment without overwhelming them with the why and the technical ex explanation. Just bring it back to the customer pr propensity and the business priorities and how do you make magic out of that? And it sounds like you've done a lot of really interesting stuff in terms of working with people and, and processes as well. But what do you think the biggest mistake you made during your career was? Oh, gosh, I thought so hard about this answer because there's a hundred of them, it feels like. I'll give you a, a, just a fun little example that um, hopefully nobody else has, too many people have done this in their career, but then I'll give you a more serious answer. So the first one was we actually almost one time sent out a customer piece of mail that had a phone number that had been typoed wrong. And sure enough, that phone number led to, we called it just to see what it led to and it was um, an adult line of some kind thank god we caught it in time thank god my boss laughed with me about that but oh i learned that lesson in my heart always double check the phone numbers um, but on a more serious note i think some of the lessons i've learned is as passionate and, and clear as the data journey and the crm the digital journeys are to me I can't assume that everybody else is in that same place of inspiration and awareness. And again, I, I referenced earlier, I'm still kind of learning that lesson. It's still something that every organization and every leader just is a different aptitude. And as much as it feels like that's the modern marketing environment, you can't actually expect that the leadership at any level has really totally internalized what that means. Um, and so I think that's the lesson I'm still learning is how do you find the right altitude to tell the story and, and really especially because there's usually a heavy technology, technology investment required to enable some of this. And so when you're asking for millions of dollars, it's, they definitely want to understand, but then they, they kind of don't either because <laughs> it's a little overwhelming. So I think I'm still learning how to get that story right. Absolutely. And, and I'm sure you've had a lot of, of help along the way. Do you, is there a piece of advice that you've ever received that, that stands out? Yeah, this one also, I, I feel like I have the most to offer here because I've had so many wonderful people I've had to work with, had a chance to work with and across different industries and just different collection of insights. I think there's a couple that come to mind. Uh, one is, I had a leader who really taught me the importance of making work fun for the team. And, um, you know, he used to walk by and it was, he used to like make funny faces in the mirror of our offices or the window of our offices and wear funny hats and just made it fun and I, I think I'd undervalued, I always thought I was a fun person, but like really creating a fun environment for the team, it changed how that team relaxed. It changed how we all really wanted to work together. And I personally don't hear a lot of talk about that in a lot of the you know podcasts and books and kind of the consumer I am of leadership. It's brought up here and there, but just a simple funny cat meme can brighten somebody's day. Like just take a moment to have some freaking fun for just 30 seconds a day, you know? Um, and then kind of on another note, I think it's more about uh, making sure there's clarity of roles and that you yourself are clear and, and that you and your leader are clear in what your role is, that your and your team is clear what their role is, and that there's clarity across the organization because anymore, I've seen this so many times, like so many different parts of the organization are trying to solve the same type of problem from a different angle. And, and really work hard and invest in the relationships it takes to create that clarity and, um, and, and fight for that because when there's clarity, there can be competence for the team. And, and it, I, it, that's also something I'm still kind of learning how to do that really well, but it's, it's definitely been inspiring for me to see and hear that from leaders. Absolutely. And, and right now, who's your favorite thought leader or, or author or influencer on these topics? 
such a such a long list. <laughs> you should see my podcast list. It's I'm, I'm it's a little overkill. But you know, I think about who comes to mind, and I just I can't wait for the podcast to drop, for example, or wait for the next book. And that's Stephen Dubner from Freakonomics and that whole kind of um, uh, you know content engine that they produce. I think that there's not only business implications, but there's a lot of you learn a lot about humanity and how we're wired and those type of things, and um, and and just a reflection on kind of how things are moving. So I just I find there's never something I don't learn in a really deep way when I, I participate in, in Stephen Duffner's content. I've had a chance to see him speak last year at the Disney Data and Analytics Conference, and he was everything I thought he'd be. You know, so he also kind of lived up to the legend, so that's always nice. But I huge recommend, a huge fan of his. Great. And, and the last question I would have is, what advice would you give for aspiring leaders in, in data and marketing? Maybe people who, who come out of college, they've got the marketing background. Mm. This is a fantastic question because if you go back to the, you know, the beginning of our conversation here today, I was weirdly rare that I liked the data. I can't even tell you exactly why I did other than I'm just kind of drawn to the tangibility and measurement and, you know, the science of it just appealed to me. And it wasn't, I think that's becoming a more kind of sexy space for modern graduates and, you know, analytics and things, but I'm not really sure, like, they understand what it, to get that, you kind of, again, have to go into the basement and clean the data up. And so my advice to them is, as much as your brain can bleed some days because you're just having to talk through things that are really heavy, form yourself in the understanding of how data is constructed. Learn how to work pivot tables and databases, and you don't have to be a coder per se, but really understand how data fits together, what you can and can't do with it, what happens when the data can't be parsed out, and you know, do you have the right tags on the website? What does a tag do? Just really understand the mechanics that collect and, um, and create data you will never go wrong knowing what that does and how that environment, those environments work because you can always roll that up into action. You can't always break something down if you don't have the data, but you can always, you can always bring it together to tell a bigger story. And so as, as hard as that space can be sometimes, great marketing activation, great marketing experiences don't happen and won't happen in the future if, if you don't really have a chance to get it from the right person. And data is the key that makes that happen. It's fantastic advice. Jennifer, thanks so much for joining us. Yes, thank you.